Hello, everyone, and happy Easter from the Jersey Wall podcast. We know you probably may have celebrated it this weekend if you're like me. And you know what, Mina? As we were enjoying the, the Easter festivities, I know no matter where you are in the world, there's one thing that everybody looks forward to. I won't say as much as, you know, Christ being risen, because that's obviously like number one. <laughs> but there are some other things that come behind that. And what that is, is the delivery of the Easter bunny. He comes around and he, ha- he provides little chocolates, little trinkets, little whatever it is that each family yep. is different. And um, that put me in a giving mood. Okay. So, so you know what I'm in the mood to give people today? for? I'm so glad you asked, dude. You know what I'm in the mood to give everybody today? What? I would like to give everybody 10% off at elmontyouthsoccer.com. This is my gift to you guys, okay? More than so just generous. little chocolate eggs, all right? <laughs> and unlike Kinder Eggs, which will be recalled for Salmonella, the promo code TJW10 will never be called back. TJW10 at checkout over at elmontyouthsoccer.com saves you 10% on your order. And what can you get over at elmontyouthsoccer.com, Mina? Um, is it just football jerseys or can you get other stuff as well? No way, dude. Almost anything you can imagine, you could probably find there. If you don't believe me, <laughs> go check it out. Go check it out. Go to elmontyouthsoccer.com and find... And I made this up, by the way. This is my slogan for, for them. They can take this. Kinder Surprise Eggs. <laughs> you can find superlative quality at a fraction of the cost. Go to ElmontYouthSoccer.com and enter the promo code TJW10 at checkout. Guys, we're in a giving mood each and every week. And today we're going to give you another great episode. This week on the Jersey Wall Podcast, we're going to discuss some elite U23 talent ready to take the next step this summer. Kinderegg's actually being recalled for Salmonella. Apparently. Dude, Seriously? Yeah. Give them all to me. Who cares? I would gladly take the Salmonella, bro. They, for that bueno are chocolate. actual eggs that they just turn into chocolate and so. they don't wash the whites off of it? I think. I mean, it's either that or there was little, like, instead of putting the little trinkets inside of them, they put actual chicken embryos. Actual egg yolks. Egg yolks and then yeah. it, it just rotted. And then somewhere along the line, Salmonella was developed. And I'm devastated because, to be honest, like, I... What if I contracted salmonella? Like, I'm recovered from COVID now. Who cares? You're the okay. The last thing I want is to then be coming out of COVID, like, ready to conquer the world again, going on and grabbing some Kinder Eggs, and then getting salmonella. Dude, that's, does like, the worst possible. know what salmonella thing. actually does to you? Everybody knows it no, comes no. from, like, raw Nobody chicken or, <laughs> or egg yolks. Yep. Or not, not just, just eggs in general. Does anybody know what salmonella actually does? Like, no, no doctors here. Does anybody actually know that? Because we no, know it's bad. We, know, we know you can get it from these different sources. We know that it doesn't it? come from salmon, yeah. which is the weirdest part. It's not called chickenella. Mm, it's called salmonella. Exactly. And it's exactly. not from salmon. You can eat raw salmon, nope. which is the dumbest part. You can't eat raw chicken. Yep. You'll die. And why is it an Ella? Everything else is like a, an ism. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good point. It's not an itis because it's not, it's not an inflammation. But what is it? We know it's not an inflammation. That's the thing. Do we think that somewhere out there there's a kinder chicken that laid a kinder egg prematurely or was unfertilized? Or Dude, we're revolutionizing things. What what is, I'm, you know what? I'm looking someone. I want you right to, now. but I want this to be a, an interesting segue to what we're going to talk about in Bro Talk, which is nothing as per usual. Uh, Today in our Bro Talk discussion, we're going to talk about some of the best burger spots to go to. And I mean, I want you to ask me why. Mm. I can tell the listeners. And I don't want to just spring it on them. I want, yes, I want to please. tell them why. 
What? Uh, why? I'm just gonna. I was just gonna say, yeah. <laughs> Very why? direct. You're like, ah, yeah. You know why? Well, here's why, <laughs> Mina. It's because every year for Lent, as an adult, what I've chosen to do is give up fast food. All right. Mm. We've discussed this. You and I know the parameters set here. That to me means things with the drive-through. Like if I'm going yeah. to a restaurant, it doesn't necessarily count. But if we go to like, I couldn't go to a Burger King or a McDonald's or something. Mm. Then there are somewhere along the line, somewhere along this line, there's what I think is cheating. All right. So there are some places that are sit down, but they still feel like fast food. I try to avoid that. I feel like if I'm eat, if I feel guilty having it, it's probably yeah. not meant to be. Right. Yeah. So for 40 I days, that. I eat almost no fast food. Right. Because I don't go get it. It's not delivered to me. I don't, I don't get ice cream. None of, none of that stuff, which saves me a few pounds, saves my wallet a few extra bucks. So it's a nice way to spend some 40 days, right? Or if you're in England, it saves you on your wallet a few pounds. Yeah, there you go. Boom. <laughs> That's a freaking way to say that. Absolutely. And so now that Lent is over for me, I know you still have another week, but for me, Lent is over now. So now yeah. I'm back. I can eat whatever I want. I'm happily to, I'm happy to get fat again. And I will. Mark my words. But Mina, how can I do that? What place? Like, you know, sometimes options, is, it's too much. To have too many options, you're like, what do I do? It, it, it could cripple mm. a man. And here I am a few days removed from, from Easter, knowing Lent is behind me. I can now go about anywhere that I want. Mina's going to give us a list of some of the best burger spots to satisfy your cravings after a prolonged period of not eating. Is that okay. a fair way and to I think you'll appreciate the way I, I've, I've approached this because I didn't go with okay. the best burgers I've ever had. Perfect. Because no, I wanted it to be just specific to our location so that you can go get it. Absolutely. As, as Lent has now ended. Because I'm not going to be like, me personally. oh, go to In-N-Out. Because no. then you're going to have to go to the West Coast of the USA. How would I That's do that? That's preposterous. Right. Yeah, no. of course. Couldn't do that. So it's local joints. Absolutely. Okay. It could be global chains. You might have one in your area too. Yeah. But the point is, course. it has to be within 100%. the within the GTA. That's the that's the parameter here. If I can't yeah. find one and in the GTA, can't go. I will say this is more of a Mississauga specific, which is okay. where we record from. Just in I like case it. anybody listening to us doesn't know. Um I know there are a few Toronto places that opened up recently yep. and I would like to go visit a lot of them so that this top five list can change. Yeah. So maybe that's something for the summer that we can do. Absolutely. And, um, and then maybe we can revisit this list. But for now, these are the places that I've had. And if, if I missed out on something from Toronto or something like that, and everybody's like, oh, how could you not have that? It's because I haven't had it. That's exactly right. the Fair reason. Enough. Okay. Got Give it? it to me. In, how many do you have? Five or three? I have six. Two of them Six. share. Wow. Two of them share Damn, the fifth spot. We're not even okay. going to get to our. To and I'll our... go five to one. <laughs> All right, fine. Then hold on. Before you do, since it's okay. going to be six, I thought it was going to be three. I'm going to introduce us first. Let's bring everybody in, and then we'll go right into the show. All right. Okay, guys. If you have heard my voice before, you know damn well who I am. I am Master Chef Nay, aka Nathan Santos, the great one, the host of the Jersey Wall Podcast, and that back with me. In the co-hosting chair, our very, very busy, sometimes international correspondent, sometimes burger connoisseur, the Iron Pharaoh himself, Mina hey. Gali, returns to the co-hosting chair. Welcome back, dude. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was always good to be here. Missed out last time, but yep. uh, I'm back again. That's all right, bro. Anyway, let's do it. Screw okay. the intros. People know. And number, and number five. Five number A and five B. Five A and five B. Okay. Got it. Yep. I got Pinks in Hamilton, which is right across from, from McMaster. Oh. 
Yeah. Okay. And that's you'll that see low. That's link, pretty low because that's a damn price. good burger. That's a it's good, a good burger. burger place. That's right? a real good burger place. Exactly. Absolutely. It's a. It's actually a decent burger place. It absolutely is. And five B is uh, the Burger Priest. Burger Priest, which is a chain. Yep. Okay. It's yep. it's not outstanding. Like I've had there it before. Are, there's a I bunch really of like other. It. Yeah. It's I'm a, a big fan good burger. It's a really and solid. It's a nice solid burger. Exactly. It's just very small. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Make the, the burgers very small. But I appreciate it. Uh, but they also like fantastic. stack them up really high. Yeah. And I have a, something against smash burgers being stacked up super high because yeah. that's that's not what a smash burger is supposed to be. It's true. It's, it's not okay smashed. to like it's a tall if, burger. if I can if I can if it's already big and I have to like push it down because that's how you deal with a smash burger. Absolutely. If I have to push it down and then eat it, that's that's prime time. That's Absolutely. as that's as high as you're allowed to go. Higher than that, you're, it's just an Instagram post and, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. Yeah, a hell of a so, of a of a. I don't know four. where you go from here, because boy, I if I had to, if I thought of these two places, they would have been pretty high on the list. I also love how hard you thought about these because oh, you didn't just you go for I like crappy fast no, food no, joints no, no, for no. me to go visit. As like Nathan, you could go grab this anytime. You said no, no, no. You're. I know what the line is of fast food to sit down places. These were probably on the list of stuff you wouldn't allow yourself to go get, but it's mm-hmm. absolutely. You should reward yourself. Number with seven not was having McDonald's, anything. by the way. I'm just letting you know. Number seven <laughs> Steep is drop off. <laughs> because no, because you know exactly what you're gonna get, and yep. it's the convenience of it. Everything. Like nobody's going to McDonald's for a prime time burger with quality meat. Nope. Nobody's. Doing I that. go for a junior chicken. I spend two dollars. East of the peas, bro. Yeah. So number four. What do we got? You might have visited this place already. It is Top Gun Burger. Halal place Top for the Muslims listening to us might be a, your if, iftar tonight, but Top Gun Burger is number four. Top there might be worse burgers above this, but right. it's it makes sense in the list. The best the burger I've ever had was at Top Gun Burger, so I'm I'm really? astonished at how low this really? is okay. on the list. Because to be honest, like this is the this would be and I'll this would be the mecca of the burger place that I would it want to visit. Place, so and that's so what that I'm saying. It's a halal. It's a perfect. <laughs> it's a perfect mix for it. It's literally the mecca of burgers. So I'm surprised you it have it that really low, good. but it hey. Was, it, was, it was amazing. But because it's a chain, it can sometimes disappoint. You're right. That's, That's fair. Thing. That's fair. Okay. And in terms of a chain, if it is a big enough chain, they'll nail it every time. Like McDonald's, you know what you're getting. Yep. But when it's a chain like that, it's a hit or miss. And sometimes it's too greasy or whatever. So Bro, it's number four. Now that you mentioned that, actually, can I interject with a quick anecdote about Topkin Burger? Yes, please. This is a discussion. So one time, and when I go to Top Gun, I like to get like, I don't remember. It's been a long time since I've been there, but I, I soup up my burgers. So that's why I like a place like Top Gun. Mm. I, don't, I don't do simple. I want you to put the works on it. Literally everything that you can imagine I want on this burger. The works, right? by the way, not on this list. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. The works is a burger place too. Works is a damn good burger place too. Um, so at Top Gun, I said something along the lines of, could you, I think it was, could you add an extra patty to this? Or something, mm. it was something that I wanted to add. Now, I didn't think it was that big a deal. Right, because I just thought, you know, whatever it is that you're adding, you make just a double burger. Yeah, press another button. Right, just yeah. It must yeah. have been that I asked for another pack. Whatever. What it to me, it was confusing because I didn't know how this was lost on them. Mm. I asked for, and let's call it a patty. I'm pretty sure it was a patty. Somebody can correct me if somebody remembers from who I've told the story to personally before. I asked for a second patty, and she said, "Okay, so two burgers then." And I said, "No." <laughs> I would like a second patty on this burger. It is currently a four ounce. I'd like it to be an eight ounce. And she looked at me and she went, I swear to you, she went, what do you mean? And I'm like, 
what do you mean? What do I mean? Like, this is like supposed to be, this is like, like I said, I've described it. Master Chef Ney, Master Chef Ney has described this place as the Mecca of burgers. And you're going to not understand what put a second patty means. It's like, what do you mean? And I said, I need you to take one of the patties that you put on and add a second one to this burger. I will pay whatever it costs to add a second Plus patty. One. Yeah. Just add <laughs> another one. Whatever co- Make up the price. I don't care. Call it four bucks. Call it six. I don't care. Just put another patty. She goes, hold on. I need to speak to my manager. <laughs> so I said, okay. So I'm it's waiting there. the first like, time they've ever been asked for a double cheeseburger. Yeah, literally. I'm like, you have burgers on this menu with double patties. I just like the fix-ins of this burger and I would like it to be slightly bigger. Please, can you do that? <laughs> and so this, so she lets go get her manager. And, and she goes to him. She says like, okay. And she explained the situation extremely poorly. So he had to come clarify with me what it is I was asking for. And I went, I would like a second patty on this burger. And he was mm. like, yeah. He, if he looked at me, he was like, and, and he said to the girl, he's like, okay, just give it to him. And then, so she did. <laughs> so this is what happened. Okay. So I, I collect my receipt. I go sit down. Then I think somewhere along the cooking process, they actually understood what this meant because they put two patties and they went, hold on, two patties aren't supposed to go in here. This is a problem. So they called me oh, back no. up. They said, sir, I'm sorry. We've cooked a second patty here, but we didn't charge you any extra. We need to charge you an extra $4. What? And I went, but I already, I already paid for this. I was like, I thought we were very clear. I asked for two patties on this burger. You said, okay, I paid my bill already because you have to pay for it first and then go sit down, right? This is one of those. It's not like you order it and then you pay for it after, yeah, yeah. right? And he said, I, I understand that. But unfortunately, because you, you've asked for a second patty, we, we need an extra $4 for the patty. I went... Okay, like I, I guess, guys, like nope. I'm just. Can I have my freaking food now, please? So this is the one <laughs> bad experience that I've had here, and, and the confusion that, around everybody. Yeah. No one knows exactly. why it was this complicated, but for some reason it was. That's, it was a delicious burger, so anyway. Stupid. But I couldn't believe. That's so I stupid. feel like I, if you go into there now, you can ask for a double patty and anything, and that was because of me. I feel like they reprinted their menus because of me, because of this experience. No, so, I think they just did not understand what you wanted. They didn't yeah. know what that means. No, they didn't. And, this and was now new to them. They, they studied it. Yeah. Now they know. They I was the first the person to do it. They were like, mm, at the very least, what crazy. that tells me is I was the first person to do it at that store. So <laughs> revolutionary. Anyway, that's number four. Go to number three. Number three is a similar type of burger, and it's Gladiator Burger. Okay. Have you ever been to Gladiator? I have been to Gladiator Burger. I would it's actually put them below burger. Top Gun, to be fair. Okay. All right. Switch them if you want. I, I would. I, you know personally, why? Personally, I don't care. As the master chef, nay, if at all, you know why? Why? It's funny. You're going to laugh now, given the story I just told. It's because of the patties. The patty integrity of Top Gun Burger <laughs> is better than the patty integrity of <laughs> So Gladiator. Nathan really values his, his patty. I do. Well, because I, I had a Gladiator Burger one time, and it was like ground beef. Like, all of it was just falling apart. I'm like, hey, I need this to hold together, oh, please. Oh, they smashed it way too much. Yeah. I'll, I'll put that under a technical error of the work. Okay, fair enough. I won't put that on a chain error. Because that, okay. that's all in the wrist, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Requires skill to sm- to do a smash burger, dude. Okay. You ready for number two? Absolutely. Top two now. Okay. I'm very excited. I You've have, listed some elite chains at, at this I low have, on the list. So actually, please tell me. If you have Burger King at number one, dude, I'm going to be just flipping. No, 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 no. It's not a fast food place at number one. Okay. Well, it's not like that kind of a fast food right. place at number one. Number two is Jack Astor's. And it's a restaurant that serves other foods. But Jack Astor's can sir can survive as a burger joint alone because their burgers are mm. that good. And I said it here. They have one burger that's very good. 
they have two burgers that are very good. What's the other one? They have the classic. If you don't really care for the, the, classic, okay. the barbecue stuff, yeah, the cla- yeah. their classic burger, I put that up against Top Gun's burger because it's their classic good? burger <laughs> is classic. is exactly what you need from a classic burger. It's American right. cheese. Yep. It's red onions. Yep. It's bacon yep. and it's tomatoes and it's lettuce. Right. I know you don't like you. Don't basically, the crummy. So it's basically the the crabby patty. It's <laughs> right. It's a good burger and that's what it is and it's a solid seven out of ten every single time and it never would disappoint you all right that's what it is it's basically the chicken fingers of burgers exactly you know exactly what you're getting at good quality even though it might be a little bit overpriced their actual best burger and one of the top three burgers i've ever had in my life yep is the holy smokes double smokes burger joint bur- barbecue something okay yeah. it's no one knows the name, the name is preposterous. we all know exactly no, the name what is it is. <laughs> but it's an amazing burger okay yep. you've got your deep fried uh onion strands whatever you call them onion sticks yep you've got your jalapenos slash hot peppers got barbecue got cheese got bacon what else do you need from a burger guys come you on know what i do oh, i, had, I, you I also, also ordered, caramelized onions so yeah. two onions i order a side of guac and put it in there too that that brings it from a from a 10 to a 12 it's just stupid when you add guac. So you could do that. But if you're starting at a 10, you can only go up. Okay, That's true. Yeah. So if that burger was already not expensive enough for you, you could do Nathan's tip and add more for And add an extra $4. Yep, exactly. Yeah. You could. Uh, and then pay taxes on that. But it's a great burger. Yeah. That's now, here's the thing. I'm always I have satisfied. To, I, have to, I have to call you out on this one, dude. Because… Because it's a restaurant. I know. I feel like I've had this burger… During, I don't actually remember. It could have been before. It's been some time since I've had it, but I feel like I had it not that long ago because this is a restaurant. I went in, I sat, mm-hmm. right? I didn't pay before the meal. I paid after the meal. And to yep. me, that ex- that didn't count as part of the fast food rule that I give up for one because it's not fast. It's a sit-down diner. However, I can appreciate you looking at this burger as such superlative quality, kind of like ElmontYouthSoccer.com. This is the ElmontYouthSoccer.com yep. of burgers and saying, I understand the parameters for the list. This is such a good burger. It deserves to be in the top two of, of the burgers mm-hmm. that you can get. And to be honest, I appreciate that. They should open up like a, like a, just a, a burger joint called Jack Astor's Burgers and just only serve <laughs> just burgers there. Like yeah. just like, and it, and it, you, it would be exactly like it is at the other places, right? You pay, you get your burger in like yep. a nice wax paper wrap and then you just go chill wherever. Um, perfect. Guys, that would on. be fantastic. I'm, I'm you know trademarking right now? this right now. I like this is copyrighted, by the way, Jack Astors. In case I ever find you doing that, I'm getting cool. my royalties. Fair enough. And we have it. We have a bookmarked here. You know what I feel like you're doing right now? I feel like we are making a lot of people very hungry who are listening to this. Even if they've just eaten, even if it's 7 a.m. and they're listening to this, I feel like we are making people hungry by describing the quality of these burgers. We need so, to put out a disclaimer and say, Muslims, please listen to this after Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody, please listen to this when you are available to go get a burger. Listen to this mm. at like midway afternoon in the evening. If it's breakfast time, I mean, maybe you can have a breakfast or for, you can have a burger breakfast, I guess, like breakfast burger. If you're one of those people, I I'm not a, one I'm of gonna those people. I'm going to make a list for that. A breakfast burger. All right. The next bro talk. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. next food bro talk we do. All right. And the last one. So you've named some like A1 burgers so far. I'm, I'm shocked. I yeah. don't know what you have in number one, but I feel like what, what I, have I would have in number one as the only one that's, I feel like left would not be higher on this list than the other ones no. you've listed, but please give it to me. What not you for burger quality. And I think you already know what it is. And it's five guys. Yeah. Okay. Five guys burger for burger quality. It shouldn't be as up there as it is. It's not the best burger out of all of these burgers. So if right. you want the best burger out of all of these burgers, 
go to any of the other ones, maybe exclude mm. Gladiator for now because of Nathan's experience of mash, you know, yep. too much mash on the Smash Burger. It's true. Falling apart. Five guys. How many times have you had five guys? Millions. I don't need a number. Exactly. How many times has it delivered the exact same quality that you needed to? Every time. Every time. Every How time. much customization can you put on there? Unlimited. Well, limited, but like millions of options. If you've had a bad Five Guys burger, is because you don't know how to make your own burger. That's true. Right? Or you're you're basic. Because if you're going to or Five Guys basic. and you're getting and you're getting ketchup on your get up, what are you doing? Don't, no, listen, don't do that. Okay, okay. Ketchup is good. I get ketchup. No, no. I just mean just ketchup. ketchup is not Sorry, the I meant only thing I meant just ketchup. Like if you're just exactly. going in getting just ketchup and cheese, like come on, dude. Hundred percent agree. If you're going to Five Guys and you're not satisfied with the burger you just purchased. You made a bad burger. Don't blame the workers. Mm, mm. That is your fault. And you know what's great about Five Guys? You could have that's it in great. Canada. You can have it in the US. You can have it in Britain. You can have it in other places in Europe. You can wow. have it in Dubai. You can have it anywhere. Okay, so wherever you're listening from, international audience of ours, you can probably have Five Guys. Probably. And wow. I can't say that for any of the other places. I do. And that yeah, I don't know about more. the other places. That's a, that's, a that's a damn good list, dude. It's a damn good list. There you go. I'm going to give it up for you. Everybody, Thank I hope you you're so clapping much. along because that was really fantastic. Truly, truly spectacular. I have to give it up for you because you've made me want burgers now. And to be <laughs> honest, the thing is I with the five, here's the thing with the Five Guys Burger, and I'm going to just very quickly, I think we can all agree, the only problem with the Five Guys Burgers, what is it? What is it? What do you mean? You're going to shit it out immediately. Oh, immediately, yeah. 100%. Right? 100%. That's the thing. It's really, really make good. room for another one. Yeah. And you're going to love it going in but it's going out just as fast. <laughs> like yeah. it, it's one of those burgers. However, oh, and if you're allergic to peanuts, I guess you couldn't experience this, but if you're allergic to peanuts, you, you got don't bigger deserve problems. to. You got bigger yeah. problems. You don't deserve to. Right? You could die from a, from a peanut. Come on. Come on. Anyway. It's a good way to die. What a way to go. I got freaking <laughs> Reese's candy from, uh, from the Easter bunny. Come in full circle here, guys. But that's it for our bro talk segment. We have a long list now of players to get to. I like these mm. styles of Brota. They're a little bit more structured. And our yeah. whole episode follows a very, very similar trend. Now, before we move on, I just have to quickly alert everybody who's listening to this. I'm looking outside right now. Oh, my God. Don't even get me started. And I couldn't tell you that it was mid-April. No. No, no if I you couldn't. look outside, it's freaking February. It's, it's, yeah, honestly, it's freaking the snowiest that it's been in like three months. I can't believe this. My mom asked me to go and show the, the size. The sheer size of each flurry is preposterous. I was going to take my winter tires off. When can I do well, this? These poor people have probably bro. already done this. These like, are, goodness me. These are disgusting conditions. It's mid-April. Figure it out, Earth. Yeah, literally. Honestly. Anyway. Anyway, I'm going to put a pin in this right now. I'm going to say, guys, what's the point of today's episode? Today, we're going to talk about elite U23 talent ready to take the next step. And when we move on to the footy of it all, well, this is just the best part. All right? Brethren, do you know how many yeah. elite young U23 players there are? A lot. Like millions, dude. Millions. A lot. <laughs> so making this list was so hard because I needed... I set different parameters for myself, right? And I've, mm. I've been very, very careful with the way that I phrased the title because this is really what it is. Now... There are more U23 players who didn't make this list. There's millions of them. There's so many good young players who are probably ready to take the next step in their career, right? Yeah. What I've opted to go for here is not necessarily 
players ready for the absolute highest level. I've kind of like moved up my list because again, we don't do rankings here. We just put lists in order, right? No. And I've kind of gone from, you know, names you might know more will be more towards the top, obviously. And those are the ones who we can pitch around Europe's elite uh, clubs. Moving down the list is more players who are very exciting, but who are ready to take the next step. It's just that the next step for them is, is moving up a tier, but that tier is not necessarily to Europe's elite, right? It's just moving up to somewhere better than they currently play. Yeah. All right. So now that being said, again, there are some massive names that I've left out of here. There are some massive names that I've included on here. What I've tried to do and what I wanted to do specifically with this week, and maybe that's why it's snowing because it's turning back the clock because I've wanted to do this for months now because I feel like it only would have aged well, but I'm doing it now specifically <laughs> so we can look back in a, in a shorter time frame in the summer to say, Nathan was right. Look at all these players. Look at how they ended the season. Look at how they've moved on, right? Whereas if I did this for some of these players, I discovered like last summer, well, then it wouldn't have had the same impact. You would have been like, eh, who knows? Yeah. So we can start. Are you ready to start? We ready to go? I'm good to go. Hit me. All right. I have eight names here. And I'm going to start. Number eight is a 21-year-old fullback, converted winger, who uh, converted fullback from winger, plays at Anderlecht. His name is Sergio Gomez. Okay. Okay? Let me tell you about Sergio Gomez. All right? Six goals, 14 assists in 41 games for Anderlecht. Again, this is a U21 player. Five goals and five assists in six games for Spain's U21s. All right? Okay. He's a very much described as a Pep Guardiola-esque fullback. This is a playmaking fullback who has moved to fullback to kind of offer a lot from that position. Because as we know, with modern fullbacks, and this is where you can come in, even if you've never heard of this player, we can speak to the importance of modern fullbacks here. Mm-hmm. Right? Of course. In yeah. his time... It, okay. I want to I want, just want to add a few more metrics just yeah, to give yeah, you some more context about him. Okay? He was, remember, from a winger to a fullback. Okay? He's a, okay. He identified as a playmaker. 60 key passes in his time at Anderlecht averages almost one big creation per match in, in the, in this current season, um, 13 blocks, 50 interceptions and 35 clearances mm. for a player who's not supposed to be a defender. I thought was also pretty remarkable. Now I know he plays in the Jupiter pro league, like in, in Belgium at Anderlecht, but I feel like that's an important place for him at this stage in his career. And now, given how well he's adapted to the position in the league, maybe we can start to look at, okay, can he take the jump and start to play again? Not at the highest level. I'm not pitching him to freaking, you know, the biggest clubs in the world or anything. Just how can he do marginally better given the type of player? So now that I've described the profile of the player, speak to a little bit this, you know, modern fullback creator style because, you know, this Joao Cancelo-esque player, and I won't call him Joao Cancelo per se because he's not right-footed playing on the left side. Right, Joel Cancelo is a, is, a, is a different style player. But the playmaker coming from left back is something that Joel Cancelo currently epitomizes, right? Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think... Um, I obviously don't know much about him. Joel Cancelo is definitely... Has a lot more to just being creative from the, from the left. So mm. it, does he also cut inside a little bit more and, and stuff like that? Or is he more of a bombing fullback? He's a little bit more... He's occupies based on the heat maps that I've seen the left flank, but because he's left footed playing at left back, most of what he's doing is running around the back. He is, he's more, I wouldn't say bombing because he's not necessarily like touchline to touchline. He's more like very just attacking. He stays up the pitch. He's occupying a tight little like left winger space, but as a left back and then coming back, his defensive metrics hold up as well. Okay. Well, that's, it's good that he has, both sides of the game as as of right now in mm. in that kind of league. Right. I think a step up for him 
would not just be going straight to England or France or even Italy or, or something like that. I think some, someone like that with those kinds of, um, with those kinds of abilities and his profile at the moment, I'd say go to one of Portugal, Netherlands, and Germany. I think those three countries would do the best for him and his abilities at this moment in time where the pressure is not going to be really on him to deliver every every game. You can go yep. to a lower profile team that still can get into the Champions League and compete in the Champions League. Yep. And that is where you can test yourself a little bit. So you can grow yourself under the head, you know, under the spotlight or whatever. Yeah. In in those leagues. But then when you get to the Champions League or the Europa League, because those big clubs in those countries will be competing in those competitions. Right. You can actually step it up a little bit and, and play against men that actually have something going on for them uh, and competing at the highest level. Right. And what I've done for him is I agree with the shout in terms of the leagues. I've actually, I've selected four teams that I could see him fitting in at. Is Benfica one of them? No, Benfica is not one of them because <laughs> I, I would trust Benfica to grow their own left backs. But yeah. a lot of these clubs that I've selected might also be ones who would be inclined to grow their own talent. It's just that I've, I've kind of gone, okay, if they were to, you know, pitch like a 10 mil, like not, not a whole lot. Again, it's not like a superstar elite talent, just something like in the five to 10 mil range to get them. What do you have to do to get him to adapt comfortably, first of all? And that's play him, I think, at wing back, right? It's not necessarily say, expecting yeah. him to adapt to a left back position in a better league. It's let's play to your strengths right now, see how you develop, see how you can kind of integrate yourself into the team, and then ask more of you as we need to, all right? Mm -hmm. So what I've done, I've chosen sporting out of, the, out of Liga Noche because they currently play with a very young, like alternating set of, uh, under, under their current manager. What's his name there? Uh, Ruben Amorim. They currently play always with wingbacks. And so yeah. the, as we saw with Nuno Mensch, right? He earned his move to PSG. Like it doesn't take a lot for a player to stand out in the system. Like people are watching at that point. So if you can have a player play to his strengths, get forward, attack, be creative down that left side, maybe this club has the right exposure and the lack of necessarily like defensive abilities that he would need to succeed. And I understand Portugal or, or Sporting currently have players in that position right now. This is more on the condition of, okay, does he have potential to be better than the current ones that they have there? Maybe. And probably. Because the current players who they have in those positions, and I'm, I'm forgetting their names. I didn't write them down, but there's two of them in particular who alternate. One of them, I think his name is Mateus, and he's Brazilian. Then there's another one who's a teenager who's Portuguese. These are players who have yeah. not necessarily grabbed the attention of scouting reports. This player did. So I'm saying, okay, what if we integrate him in? How do you think he can adapt to it? I think that sporting would be a good one. Braga is the next one on the list. Braga has okay. a lot of European exposure, even if it's just at, you know, like Conference League or, or Europa League Europa level. League. And yep. they also play with wingbacks. All right. So I've, I, if you're playing in Portugal, I figured, yeah, go to one of these sites. And sporting might be too high a jump. Who knows? I honestly don't know how he'd fit in that system, but he's Spanish, right? So it's not like, you know, he'd be all that unfamiliar with the culture of moving to a league that resembles his own. I've also pitched him to Strasbourg in Ligue 1 because okay. they currently, their captain currently plays as a left wing back in that system, but they always play with a back five or a back like three slash five. So it's always wing backs. And this league is not necessarily the most elite league in the world. We know that. And I love the French league. I respect the hell out of the French league and talent that it produces. But when you have a 34 year old who, you know, you might rely on, a lot or a little depending on the style of player that you have because you have to adapt. And Strasbourg have overachieved big time this season, right? But they don't necessarily have 
the elite of the elite when it comes to players. And maybe they rely on the players in the positions more so than, uh, than what, you know, the potential could be. Right. So it's like, who do we have and how do we make this system work rather than like, Hey, can we go out and get a player like this and maybe rely a little bit more on the left side? And I think it would mm. be the latter if you introduced him there. Plus, Ligon is not that big of a jump, right? He's not expected to be the best player in the world as soon as he goes. It's just, hey, man, right. start to adapt, play in this league with other you know, great young prospects, and you might evolve to be quite the player. And then Strasbourg could turn a nice profit on right? Can you even do the same kind of approach with Salzburg? Right. Like in, in Austria, yeah. right? So the, or exactly. either of the Red Bull clubs, to be honest, because they also play in a back three. Yeah. The last club that I named for him was Ajax. And the reason is just yeah. Ajax are going to be losing fullbacks naturally, right? Uh, Talia Fico has been linked away forever. Daily Blind is not going to be able to He's play forever. He's also like forever. 28. Right, right. Daily Blind is not going to be able to play there forever. He's like 32 going on 33. And so if you have now a young player, and I'm sure Ajax have young players coming out of the academy all the time too. This guy is 21 years old, right? This is not necessarily a giant leap for, for Ajax to take. It's going out and getting another elite young prospect who they can grow throughout the system and playing in a system with better players around him already at a very, very high level. He might be a little mm -hmm. bit more comfortable playing left back here because he has more familiar, experienced quality around him, right? Even though it's, yeah. it's young, right? Make sense? Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. I'm excited cool. to, to hear more about him. And, yeah, bro. And just watch his development a little bit. One of the names to watch out for. That's just one. That's just number eight. I have seven other players, and I've kind of gone up in terms of, I don't know if it's necessarily name value or just like quality of the player, but I have other yep. names here who I think could be exciting and, and good fits for different, for different spots. Sergio okay. Gomez plays currently in the lowest league, so I wanted to have him at the, at the last spot. The next one is Jeremy Doku. I think you know this player, right? Um, I've heard the name. I don't yeah. know too much about him, so I won't pretend, but yeah. No, almost everybody, everybody who plays career mode would know this guy because this guy's been an elite talent since he was 17, all right? And he also came yeah. from Anderlecht, right? This is where he, he kind of grew out of, all right? He's 19 years okay. old. So two years on now from, he's still a prospect, but he's been around the, the top level of the game for, for a little while. Ideally, he'd be used as a left winger spot in a 4-3-3. That's like would mm -hmm. suit his skill set the best, but he can also play cam. He can also play right wing. He can also play based on the way that, um, that Rennes play. He okay. can play, they currently play like 4-4-2 most often. So he's developed like a left mid or right mid kind of profile, depending on the, again, the needs of the team. Yep. This season... He's been injured, so he hasn't played a whole lot. But whenever he plays, and everybody can use the eyeball test for this one if you don't want to use the stats, he's electrifying. His pace, his acceleration, his dribbling, his take-ons, he's known. He's that style of player. And I don't want to call him like a flashy winger with no end product because there's a time when I think we were saying that about somebody like Vinicius, and now Vinicius is like becoming a very, very elite player. Like he's ascending very, very well. I th last season, he was starting to show his class with a lot more of what he can offer, if not necessarily in terms of getting on the score sheet. It's creating chances, right? It's opening up space. It's, it's worrying defenders. It's getting them booked by running at them, right? He's not necessarily the biggest player. Last, this season, he's only played 438 minutes, so he hasn't played very okay. much this season, but again, largely responsible due to injury. Last season, he started 26 out of 30 games, right? He was involved in five goals and known for his key passes and his chances created, right? Like I said, very yeah. dynamic, a great dribbler, extremely fast. Sometimes to his detriment, if he's being a little bit overzealous, but you can attribute that a little bit to his inexperience, right? He's, he's still only 19, mm -hmm. right? Defined as a flamboyant winger, he always wants to move the ball forward. And because he's so shifty, you don't really know which way he's going to go. And I think a player of this profile, the reason I have him so low on the list is because we haven't seen him a whole lot this season. 
but he's one of the players that even if you watch him play with like Belgium, you're like, bro, that guy's good. Right. So I yeah. think that he has one of those kind of profiles of players who can be a very, very elite prospect. Like even think of like Raheem Sterling a few seasons back, like before he moved to City, right? Yeah, Playing at Liverpool. Stay fit, yeah. Right. He was fit. He was very shifty. He wasn't necessarily the greatest finisher in the world, but he worried defenders, right? Players right. can often, you know, flashy ones, and I'll call them flashy, but I mean like flamboyant, right? Like the style of play. It doesn't right. always work out that they become, you know, Kylian Mbappe. Nobody is, right? There's there's one Kylian Mbappe. Very few wingers <laughs> go from like these dribble flare merchants to actually have like extreme quality end product too. I don't know if he'll add that to his game. I don't know that he won't. Right, this could very much be a player. No, that's like, the thing, right? He could be an yeah. Usmane Dembele, for example. Even even at that level, Dembele was a very very elite prospect at one point too. Who was also struggling with injuries. Yeah, yeah. It, that's the thing with young players. You never really know. You have to try right. them. You have to give them the opportunity, and and they might surprise you. But that's um, yeah. it, it. Kind of has to be more of a focus on how they look, like with a night test than yeah. stats at this age. Because in order to actually add those to your game, you you have to look outstanding at this time, right? Yeah. Like, and that's that's the top and bottom of it. Like, so many players miss out because they maybe look average and they can't add stuff to them, right? But if you have an exciting factor about you, then then you can actually add the rest of it to you because yeah. it is a mental game. You you can actually like learn to pick up positions and learn your runs and stuff like that. But right. when you look outstanding at this age, it's it's adds way more to your stock as a rising yeah. player. And a lot of it comes down to mentality too. And if you look at the way yeah. he plays, he's a handful, right? So again, it's not necessarily being involved on the score sheet every time he plays, but he has from what, again, has been largely, and I should I should shout out Jasik Kulig, who's the football talent scout, who, I, who provides these like ridiculous reports that I read to mm. find a lot of these elite young players and be able to say with conviction based on the skill set, how I feel like they would do all across Europe, even if I don't necessarily have the opportunity to watch them play beyond just a highlight reel, right? Yeah. It's a pl- I, you know, you have to tr- put trust in the, in the judgment of those who watch them regularly and say, okay, do we believe you? And then you look at who has gone on to actually succeed based on the words that they've said. And you're like, yeah, you know what? I, I believe this guy. Again, Jasik Kulig, football talent scout on Twitter. Unbelievable. Great. Everybody cool. sh- should follow him. Um, now with a player like Jeremy Doku, I've pitched him around to a few clubs. And again, the reason I have him low on the list, again, part of it is, is injuries and, and he hasn't played that much this season. I wouldn't necessarily be against him staying at, at Ren for a little bit longer because I think that he could still do a lot of developing in, in Liga. He's currently under contract with, with Ren until 2025. So he still mm-hmm. has a few years to, to settle. And at that point, he'd be, what, 22? Right. Right. Like, yeah, there's, there's so much more room. There's a lot for him to, yeah. to still do. However, I'm going to put my faith in this elite talent to say if we were going to see him on the move this season, because I think he is ready for the next step, not necessarily ready to be in Europe's elite, but he is ready for the next step. I pitched him to a few clubs, the first of which, or the majority of which, are in the Syria. Okay. Okay. I've pitched him to AC Milan and Napoli. As like the primary AC Milan kind of seems like a good fit. AC Milan have a fantastic project going on where I feel yeah. like he could be a massive asset for either alternating into the system or to replace Rafael Leao, Leao. who has yeah. attracted a lot of interest. Right? Right. And I think he would actually fit into what Paolo Maldini is trying to do at AC Milan and, and you know, mm. go for the interesting prospects, maybe a free 
transfer every now and then for experience right. and stuff. So they're not really looking to spend a lot of money. And I don't think they'll probably change from that yeah. um, approach because look at where it's got them, right? Like they went yeah. from being a hopeless case to a team that's actually challenging. Yeah, and <laughs> one know, of the most exciting sides um, in Europe. So, so yeah, maybe maybe they could pick up Doku and... Yeah. I think that sounds like a good fit, at least. It, yeah, right? Like, it does. Like, given the pace of the league, I feel like introducing this kind of, like, electrifying style player would would work really well. AC Milan are definitely going to lose a few. And they need young players, too, right? Like, you need Zlatan and Giroud as your strikers. I'm not saying he should be playing striker by any stretch. But I'm saying playing him on the left, playing him through the middle <laughs> or on the right as, like, an alternating piece in this exciting young mix is not necessarily the worst thing in the world to add a little bit of yeah. snap and, like, vertical attack to this team because I'm a huge fan of the way that that AC Milan line up. I pitched their manager to be the to take over PSG in their potential rebuild, right? right? Like I'm a huge fan of the way that the system operates. And I think this player style would fit that system and the and the style of the league really nicely because it's something a little bit different. Right. I also pitched him to Napoli only because Napoli are going to lose Insigne and Mertens this summer. Yeah. Now, he's not necessarily the same player as them because he doesn't have the same end product or the same, like, terrorizing ability. But he's small in stature. He's very, very shifty. And he can light people up. And I think when you have that, and Napoli play to that a little bit sometimes, right? Like, when Osimhen is fit, he's a a handful. If this guy was also part of that, like, front three press, he could also be a massive handful. Listen, that's one I'm claiming because I I love that guy. Honestly, like when, when he got his big move to Napoli, yeah, like he, it, it honestly was really exciting for me because I was like, I, I was looking at him and I was wanting to, you know, see his next move. And when yeah. he went to Napoli, it was pretty exciting because it was a big money move as well. It was 75 million pounds. Yeah. Or something. I think it was the, yeah. the most expensive transfer fee for an African player ever. Really? That's mm. a lot of, and he was That's only, true. he was U21 at the time. I don't even think he was, yeah. he was <laughs> yeah. 23. He was U21 still at that time, right? So it's not like it's outside the realm of possibility that Napoli goes splash on an exciting talent from the French League. If Doku needs another season to prove himself, because again, he's been injured this season, then so be it. That's why I have him at seventh on the list and not somewhere higher. The last one, I pitched him to Dortmund because I just feel like that makes a little bit more of sense (laughs) for what that project is. But there will never be a bad time for an exciting young player of this mold to play at Dortmund. Right, like right. Dorman, and that's the thing. They always they're always looking at people. So it's the right. fine margins of being a young talent that's picked up by Dortmund. Right, like they they have to select really well because they don't want to just keep hitting getting misses. Yeah, because then they lose that reputation. Right, exactly. And I think he could fit. Like I said earlier, I compared him to a potential like Usmane Dembele type figure, and he earned Dortmund a hundred mil. Yeah, right. So like, it's pro- sometimes the the risk may be worth the reward. And not to mention, this is the other thing. If Doku continues to ascend at the rate that is expected of him, and that's not a guarantee, but it is a a heavily implied if, he might not be available to these clubs in a few years, right? Because even if he has next season, let's say he adds a little bit more end product to his game and he ends up being this winger and he has like 15 goal involvements, well, now all of a sudden his value is doubled, if not tripled, and he's going to be moving (laughs) to somewhere massive in Europe, right? So it might be a good time to take the gamble on a player like this because I think for everything that he is, an elite young player ready to take the next level, to, to take the next step. Number, so you got a number seven. Number six. Six, right. Uh, number six, I got David Rom from Hoffenheim. And I, I, mean, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. R-A-U-M. Pronounce that for me in German. Hoffenheim is pronounced like that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm pronouncing David correctly. R-A-U-M 
in German, I would imagine that's Raum. Raum? Raum. 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 Is he German? He is German. He's very German and he's very, very good. This is a substantial (laughs) leap in in like first team quality progression here. All right, moving to number six. And that should tell you everything you need to know about the five who I have ahead of him. All right. What position does he play? He's a 23-year-old left wing back and the future of the German national team. Like to the point, you remember if when we did the Barcelona rebuild and I said Adama at right wing back, if he were to play there yeah. as a cornerstone of the team, yeah. this guy is a cornerstone of a left wing back team. He's a left wing okay. back. So any team with a wing back, he leads. And him, I actually have extensive, like more research on and, and visual eye tests on because like I said, this is a substantial step up in first team quality. Mm-hmm. He loves to get forward. He creates a ton of big chances and averages nearly three key passes per 90, okay? Three goals okay. and eight assists in 28 matches so far in the, in the Bundesliga this season. As per most modern fullbacks, he's extremely quick. His stamina is ridiculous. And the positions that he gets into for crosses, he's not necessarily the most accurate crosser, but who is cross? It's just, you know, if you're putting in <laughs> 10 crosses a game and two of them land, you're a great crosser, right? Like you don't necessarily right. have to have the statistical metric for that. You just have to make sure no, that are the deliveries good. Yeah. Right. Send them into good areas. Exactly. And that he does extremely well. All right. Cool. Um, he was, believe it or not, the top assisting defender in the 2021 calendar year, more so than Trent. In what? 2021, Trent had 13 assists. In the calendar year, not the season, the calendar year. Yeah. Trent had six assists, or excuse me, had 13. He had 14. Mm, so David, so not only a pace, like stamina monster, okay, which David. is one thing. I see you. Right. But also an extreme yeah. technical quality player for assists. All right. He also has the most sprints in the Bundesliga this season. With mm. at the time the graphic was posted that I got the information from was over 600, which was like 50 more than the next highest person. <laughs> and that was at the time. So this is an absolute proper bombing German fullback. Trade that, yeah. Right. He's a bombing fullback who has like gone up leaps and bounds because I think this is his first professional top flight season and he's killing it. And before that, and this I think speaks to his mentality to overcoming the difficulties being a 21, 22 and not being an elite prospect to all of a sudden being 23 and being extremely good and settled into this team and into the league, right? And so when you have a player who's not only very good technically for his deliveries, but also has limitless energy, I'm like, oh, dude, you you can find a ton of clubs who will be looking for you. Sign him up. Well, let me tell you, I picked three (laughs) that I think... I picked three specifically who are very, very good clubs, I might add, who play with back threes. And the reason is because this is not a player who plays left back. This is a player built yeah. for wing back. All right. Okay. And so picture like Ashraf Hakimi playing, you know, right wing back. And then you're like, oh, he plays at PSG, so right back down. Yeah, not really though. Right. Like you play, like, eh, this is the player who's going to go up and down the pitch and absolutely bomb mm-hmm. the whole match. So it's no, no match. Right. Like they found a way to, to fix it. So unless you're going to get a system that plays with a back four where he can just be still bombing the whole time, <laughs> then fine. But otherwise, what he does best is play wingback, keep him at wingback. And so I found three t- teams that play with wingbacks. Who are they? Number one, and these, these three can be interchanged, by the way, but th- just the three that I have, Tottenham. Okay. Because doesn't this sound like a, like a great match? Who would it be, a, who is, who's a manager who would absolutely love to have a player of everything that I just <laughs> described? It's Antonio Conte, bro. Right? Because let's if face it. If he stays there, yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> and this is the type of player that he might want, though. Right? To, to stay there. Too. He might say, okay, listen, yeah. Reguilon's done okay. The greatest thing about him is Marta Diaz. But, like, you know, there's not a whole lot Plus. that Sergio Reguilon does necessarily better than this player. And even if it's just for rotation alone, because of how 
demanding the wingback position is under Antonio Conte. Right. There's a lot of positives there. There's depth piece. There's competition for places, which brings out quality. Right. Even if that gets the best out of Region, well, dude, then you still have, it's like you're getting two for the price of one. Right. Right. Otherwise, uh, I could see him playing at Inter, who also yeah. make the, the back, you know, three slash five. They make it very good use out of it. I know that Inter picked up uh, Gosens, but I think that was only on loan. It might be loan with option or oh, obligation it? to buy. I'm not entirely sure. Okay. But this is a good, like, another German player who probably is going to be the successor of a player like Gosens. Gosens is still pretty young, but I mean, who will definitely be... And this might be the battle for the German number one left wing back spot in the national team. Because if you have one who's younger and hungrier and more determined, well, you know, it, this is the battle for like, competition, yeah. right? Gosens might, if be, that's an obligation to buy and they don't need him, then, then so be it. But it's, nobody has a locked in spot here. And this player is ascending rapidly. And I think he's ready for the next step. And I think the next step for him is a club that's like, you know, brink of Champions League regularity slash competing for the league here if you're Inter, right? The last club that I've pitched him to is Chelsea. Okay. Who I don't know. anyone right now. <laughs> that could, yeah, literally. Like, Chelsea are, are, in a, are in a bit of a predicament here and, and a lot of the names that you'll hear going forward. I've also pitched to Chelsea because these are positions that, okay, they'll, so that they'll definitely need. Like, a, like but it shows you the level, right? Chelsea, the we, know, we know how high Chelsea are in terms of this list. It's they're ready to take that next step to this place. Now, yeah. If I had Joe here, Joe would be absolutely screaming. Who's Joe's least favorite player at Chelsea? Who is Joe's least favorite? Is it Lukaku? No, it no, Lukaku, it's not. Bro. It's Alonso. Oh, right, right, he right. He absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. murders the... And this is yeah. the thing. Chilwell hey, is a fantastic... Hey, that's, not a good, that's not a good play on words. Choose your words carefully there. Man. Uh, yeah, you're right. I <laughs> Listen, Chilwell is... <laughs> a very, very good left back slash. I'm gonna push through it. Showell's a very good left back slash wing back. All right. But he's been injured this entire season, right? De- relying on Alonso consistently has not Honest been ideal for Chelsea. Honest to God. Dumb. I forgot Showell went to Chelsea. <laughs> Dude, he's been injured for like the whole season, right? Like hand on my heart. I genuinely forgot Chilwell played at Chelsea. Wow. No, he's a he, Chilwell's a fantastic player. Like Chilwell was ready he for is. that next step, right? And he he, he did very, very well in the position, to be Don't honest. Bad. Think of what the think of what the drop off is in quality from Chilwell to Alonso, and Alonso does enough things going forward at times to justify his selection in the team. But boy, does he ever have to justify it! Like if he's playing, he better yeah. freaking score because he's not doing a whole lot else. Rom is more similar of the type of player that Chelsea would need in this kind of rotating wing back position, because well, the German connection for one, right? Think of how important the width is for Chelsea because of the system that they play. If they're playing a three yeah. five you know, two or three, four, three or whatever it is where ideally Reese James is doing on one side, this player would be doing on the other side. And I think that David Rom does all the same things. Okay. Okay. He does. He's got the energy. He's got the pace. He's got the, the quality to be in those positions. I don't know if moving into England's elite right away is the next logical step for him, but he's definitely ready for a step up from where he's at because he's excelling where he is. And I think if you are excelling where you are, you should be moving to somewhere better. Okay. He right. might not also suffer from a, another year, another full season in the German top flight. Right. Just, just to develop a little bit more. Because sure. a lot of times he's only going to get better. Making premature moves. Absolutely. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. And a lot of these, the, like taking the right next step is extremely important. I hope you have a couple of more German names on there because Germany does have some outstanding young talent that's coming up. And I, 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 I already think of two, but I feel like you're going to have them on there. 
I, to be honest, I left out a lot of elite names. I tried to go okay. for more names that weren't necessarily as well known. But I like because everybody them, yeah. knows the everybody knows the biggest names, right? And some of them you might even hear on this. You might be like, okay, but haven't you said? And to be honest, if I'm saying it here, it's because I've said it on here before, and I think I deserve more credit for having <laughs> said it before anybody else started talking about them. So I'm just reminding people that I've been saying these names for a long time. Number five, I know I've never said on the show before, but I have been watching carefully since like the fall. When he became, when he kind of rose to prominence here, and this is a proper German name, you're gonna like this name a lot. He is German, plays in the Bundesliga for Freiburg. He's a center back. His name is Nico Schlotterbeck, which is aggressively German. Called it. There you go. It's very, very <laughs> was good. Was that why you had a wry smile when I said you should have more Germans on there? Well, I was like, I have. You said more German names, and I'm like, well, I have a pretty German-sounding name here. <laughs> Schlotterbeck is about as German name as it can possibly come. This yeah. dude is this again. I will co endorse this dude with you. Yeah, okay, there you go. I'm glad. So, you've heard of this player before? I have heard of this player Perfect. before. I haven't Good. seen him in 90 minutes, by the way, just before anybody calls me out. But yeah. All right. Well, good. let me tell you. Let me tell you what the eyes of the most trusted scout in, in the internet has. 22 okay. years old, left center back, yep. and Freiburg will rotate Tall between like a back three hell, and a back four. By the yeah, way, it's like 6'3, six, 6'4, six, but he's like a lanky 6'3, six, 6'4. Six, he's not yeah. like built like me because I'm jacked. He's not, but I'm also not a pro footballer, right? I'm not, a, you can't have 230 pounds at center back. No German. Because I no have no pace, right? Old. No, 22 years old. 22. Left center back, complete and dominant, six foot three, still very strong. Maybe not Nate Santos strong, but hey, who, right? Can play in a back three or back, or back four. Because like I said, Freiburg do alternate. So he's a left center back in a back three or the left center back in a back two. And having a left yeah. center back is a, just a tremendous commodity right now, right? Mm hmm. He plays almost every minute, okay? This is a player who plays extremely consistency, starting almost every single game. Like, he's already a staple in the first team. It's not that he's been introduced, that he's been super injury-prone. He's absolutely there and ready. He's a very yeah, decent passer, absolutely. very respectable passer. I won't necessarily say he's, like, the epitome of a ball-playing center back. 81% pass completion, more happy to clear the danger. Now, he's more well-known for his no-nonsense defending than his, like, play-it-out-from-the-back style composure. But that's fine because a lot you know of teams what? need guys you know who can just means? save the day. Tell me. No, you know what that is? That's what? called defending. <laughs> a defending defender. Imagine and, that. Yeah. And what, what do you need to be a defender? Knowing how to defend. Right. That's what that First is. First and foremost, honestly. that yeah. I feel that's, like that's, that's a that's prerequisite that's lost upon a lot of people nowadays because... They just are like, no, you need to be the most composed passer in the world, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, dude, you need to be able to defend first and foremost. And he does, right? right? He's way more willing to clear the danger and just in, like just blast it upfield than he is to necessarily pass it out from the back. That mm -hmm. being said, in build-up play, Freiburg are, are doing very well this season. He's becoming more familiar with, with being on the ball and playing like that. He's obviously very solid in the air because he's super tall. Good tackler, wins most of the duels either aerially or in 1v1s which again is a tribute to the fact that he's just a monster, a giant guy. Um, he averages over two tackles, two interceptions, and uh, over four clearances per 90. Yeah. So Freiburg, So it's not that he's, you know, necessarily has great defensive metrics because he's only facing them once in a while. Like he's still very much responsible for keeping the ball out of the net for Freiburg. And he does a very, very good job at it. And when you have a player like this, there's a lot of players I could be interested in. And I have him. Have him here, right? Uh, and by the way, I'm just going to call this here before you even tell me the oh. list of, t of cl clubs that are going to go for him yeah. or that you think are a good fit for him. He's going to go to Bayern Munich and we can just close <laughs> that page right now. 
And, I actually and don't have Byron as one of them, but he absolutely could. No, because he's probably been the best. He's been almost one of the best. Yeah. He's been one of the best defenders in the Bundesliga this year, if not the best, like the most solid defender there this season. And I think yeah. Bayern could use a little bit of just so he's going to Bayern Munich. like rock solid solidity. But yeah, you know what? If not for Bayern, he could go to Dortmund, right? Because Dortmund are probably going right. to, I think, I think if not, Akanji or Zagadu, one of them said that they were leaving this summer, right? I think it's Akanji. Emre Chan has been playing center back for like 18 months, which is ridiculous. So obviously they need a new one. And this would be a natural next step for him to take within the Bundesliga if he wanted to stay domestic, right? Yeah. And he's German, so why wouldn't he, right? Could want to do that. Alternatively, I have some other clubs. Chelsea and Spurs, because they play with back threes, and I think that this is a perfect player to play on the left side of a back three. And this will never get old. Anybody who plays a back three, but there's just not that many at the top level that play with a back three, right? There's not all that many, no. right? There's, there's a few. So if you have wing backs or center backs who can play in a two or a three, then it's kind of natural to, to place them there. And I would place him ideally there. The last one that I've chosen for him is Lille to be the replacement for Sven Botman should Botman yeah. move on this summer, which it looks like he will. So I don't know if Lille are necessarily going to go out and, and get him because I don't know how the price would fluctuate between them. I don't know if Lille want to do that because he's already pretty like well-known. Like It'd be weird for, for Lille to go out and get one of the best defenders in Germany. right? Like That just seems yeah. odd. But in terms of player profile... He would fill a giant yes. void left there by Sven Botman. And I would say that Botman is arguably better than him. Right? Okay. I think that makes sense. Right? Uh, what's going to happen is Bayern Munich are going to sign him <laughs> and uh, Tony Rudiger on a free. And that's going to be their starting two German center backs. And that's what's going to happen. And then what happens to Deo Upamecano? Where does he go? Sits on the bench. <laughs> he's been struggling a little bit this season. Hasn't been the best for him. And that's a, that's another case to it, right? Like making too big a step too soon doesn't yeah. always work out, right? So you really have to pitch intelligently here. I feel like we're doing that. But at the same time, it, a lot of, like most of it depends on the player and the mentality of the player once they get there too, right? So on in yeah. terms of footballing abilities, we can see them playing at the clubs that we've listed here. But there's more to it than that. And, and we were fully aware with that, right? As of number four, I expect you to know all these names. I expect everybody okay. to know all these names because these are names that they would have heard of. I mean, I knew Schlotterbeck as well. So You did know Schlotterbeck as well. I'm, I'm glad, bro. Let's go. Way to go. Great stuff, man. Prospects up to you up here. Uh, number four, Cody Gakpo. Now, I'm claiming that I discovered him. Okay, There was a okay. version of this list that I had. He's been in my, in my notes since last August, okay. if not sooner. And the reason is that I watched PSV play a Champions League qualifying game against Benfica. I watched them play. I think there were two legs. I watched him in both because I don't have much exposure with Dutch football. Mm -hmm. But I saw him play. I'm like, oh, damn, this guy's good. Like right then, I was like, oh, yeah, he's good. He's an he inside PSV, forward. by the way, right? Because he said Benfica. Oh, sorry, no. He, playing against Benfica. Yes. He okay. plays for PSV. Yes. He played yeah, against I, I Benfica in the Champions League. Because I thought I was on the same page as who no, we no, were no, talking yes. about. And then you said Benfica. And I was like... Excuse me. What? Yes. If I did, I misspoke <laughs> then. I, he played against Benfica in the Champions League qualifiers last gotcha. summer, which is when I saw him play. And right then and there, I was like, yep, he's going to be moving on extremely soon. Now, here's the thing. Yeah. The interesting story of Cody Gakpo. Memphis 22 years old. No, no, not the same as Memphis. He's not, that, <laughs> he's not, not the skiller in the same way. He is still, though, very versatile. <clears throat> he's a playmaking winger as like an inside forward. So this is interesting yeah. to me, right? Because this kind of... It depends on the system that you have because some teams might want that. Other teams don't. Other teams need like their target man outside wingers. 
He can play anywhere across the front three. Ideally, it's as a left winger, as an inside forward slash like second striker type role. Okay, because he's right-footed. He's very pacey. He's a very good dribbler. He has a really strong work rate. And he's made Mm -hmm. massive progress in the last few years. Okay. He's 22 years old now. A lot of the players that we're naming here are younger than that. And we're looking at them as like, what's the next step for them? This guy was 18, 19 and not considered in that same bracket. So the amount of work that he's had to do just internally is why I feel he can succeed at the top level because he's bridged that gap, right? He's now 22 years old and he's like, no, I'm like, he's ready to take that next level because he closed the gap on when he wasn't even supposed to be one of the best players. He then made up the ground, right? He wasn't an unbelievable teenager. He's unbelievable now. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also a really good shooter. This is like the thing that I feel like people, he's a, he's known for his creativity as an inside forward. I watched him play. This dude can strike a ball like from right. outside the box too. And I think that's a super, I don't want to say underrated quality, but it's just not one that we see as often. Often if you see these wingers or like, you know, midfield type players, they're not always great with their end product. He is, he knows how to kick a ball properly. And that's something that not everybody has, right? Even Bernardo Silva is my favorite player to watch ever. I feel like Bernardo doesn't know how to kick the ball because he just never wants to, never does. Cody Gakpo gets in, cuts in, and absolutely smashes it. And it works pretty often. A la, a la Robin. Yeah, a la, except not <laughs> quite that same style of winger. But yes, in the same way that he just, like, he, if he gets in and shoots, he's probably going to score. Nine goals, 13 assists in 22 matches. Yeah, that's pretty good. He's ready for a real step up. And I've mm. pitched him to Champions League level clubs. Okay. The first off is Leipzig. Nice. Because of the profile that he has, I feel like the way that Leipzig play, which is always rotating, right? It's never quite the same. So it's settling in is a little bit harder. But also adapting to the Bundesliga is going to be probably a better progression for him than forcing him into being a starter at a Champions League club in England somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. I could see him being the Nkunku replacement. Because Nkunku is going to leave. Because they're probably going to lose him now, yeah. 100%. They, they have to lose Nkunku in the summer. I feel like he could be that because he's a left winger slash second striker. So he's used to play, and they play with two strikers, right? So he would, and Nkunku is the left striker. Now, Nkunku, I've been a massive fan of for a very, very long time because he started off as like he was just eight. killing it this season. He's He plays everywhere, and he has like 40 something goal involvements from a 24 year old who's playing striker, even though he came in up as, as like many a appearances. Ridiculous output from, from Nkunku this season. Ridiculous output from him last season, too. So that, and this season, he's been on a whole other level. Like, Finally earned his France call up. I love some Christopher Nkunku. If you remember, I pitched him in a few rebuilds across the, over the over the years. So you know you've heard that name on here before. Nkunku's yeah. like 24. So he's not part of the same bracket that I'm talking about here. But I think Gakpo is a good replacement for a player like that at Leipzig, right? Settling in might be one thing. I, I'm not certain that he would 100% you know, settle into this moving squad because a squad like Leipzig will always lose some key players. And he will be one of them in a few seasons if he were to go there. But I think as a replacement for a player, he could he could fit that mold pretty nicely. Mm-hmm. That's one option. The other two options I have, and do you want to pitch options here? Because I do have two more options. But I, if you know or would like to interject here, please feel free to. Okay. I was going to say you brought up again uh, the being against moves to England. I was going to say maybe Arsenal or something like that because I think he would offer a good balance playing on the left because he is so versatile. Yeah to Saka being on the right. And they do need someone to fill in on the left. I did actually pitch him to Arsenal too. <laughs> okay. Arsenal really. and Liverpool. The thing is, for, for England, I don't ah, think he's don't a do starter. It. I don't think he's a starter. 
Yeah. I think that he needs to be slowly introduced into the side. And Arsenal have a Leicester. very good young court. No, I think Send he's still good enough to, to go past for, for Leicester. I think I think Arsenal's actually a really good spot for him. Yeah. But not immediately. He's not gonna be the Bukak the, the Bukayo Saka of the of the left side now. Right? He's going to be I'll play he'll be like what Emil Smith Rowe is to Odegaard, right? It's like, yeah, I'm gonna play, but pretty often, sometimes like we're all just kind of rotating in this system here, right? He mm-hmm. would be one of those players. Arsenal need a little bit more like veteran leadership and he's only 22 and between Odegaard, Saka, Martinelli. That since Patrick Vieira left. Honestly, literally. Yeah, it's, it's true. But I mean, even just in that like kind of attacking core, right? They have Odegaard, I think is only 21, right? Saka is 20 or 21. He's also extremely young, right? Martinelli's, I think is still a teenager. Emil Smith Rowe, I think is still a teenager. He would be 22. Like, they're all very, very good. They're all going to share minutes and play together. I just don't think asking him to be a starter right away, it being like, okay, go, go replicate your form from the Dutch league. It's just, it's a big ask. It's a big ask. Mm-hmm. At Liverpool, because of how like fluid at times their front three is, because of how just like Klopp is on another level too. Klopp's ability yeah. to, to get the most out of his players is on a complete other level to almost every other manager in the world. Absolutely. I think that it would be really, really nice for him to go there because even if you look at someone like Jota, somebody like Luis Diaz, they're better currently than Gakpo would be coming into this side. But they weren't necessarily as good as the players that Liverpool had there prior, right? You wouldn't have said, you know, Jota or Diaz are already as good or better than Mane or Salah. And yet now you're like, oh no, these are very, very comfortable rotation pieces where if Salah's having a bad game or he's not in form, you go, no problem. We got this guy. And you just put him in and seamlessly and Liverpool just win. Right. So it's not that he'll necessarily go out and produce the, the same hat trick that that Salah would, but you're like, eh, I could trust him to do a job there. Yeah. I think Gakpo being Absolutely. slowly I mean, introduced to the very position, important piece. Yeah. Right. It would be would be fantastic. I think he'd be a, a really, really good left winger. They have several. I think he'd be a really, really good striker. They have several. But so he can play anywhere be, across the front three. Would this be instead of Carvalho, who they're looking to sign, or in no. addition to? In addition to, it would just okay. be rotation pieces. Like, listen, Liverpool and City are doing bits right now in business, just planning for the future. Let's just plan for the future. We can have these players here. They don't need to be starters right away. We're already contending for everything. They're going to be Which happy to be you're involved. To do, to be honest, right. they're not buying. You know, players to. Oh my God, this is a crisis. We need this player. They're going. You know what? This would be a good player for us to have. And they introduce him. And then yeah. you know what? At that point, if Mane, if Salah, if they start to even Salah in terms of the contract, like leverage for negotiations, like, yeah, well, you know what? We're, we're doing pretty good, man. Like we keep winning and we mm-hmm. have all these players who can kind of do a job across the front three. I think you'd be another really good one to fit specifically what Klopp wants to do. Okay. All right. That's number four. I got three more. Top we can three. Kind of speak Here we go. Long. Top three. Number three, Urian Timber. I've told you guys about him before. I'm hoping Ten Hag brings him with him. <laughs> yeah. I didn't pitch him to United. This is the thing. I did pitch him to some very, very big sides. I've pitched him to in the PSG rebuild. Like, I have a okay. lot of faith yeah. in a player. You remember, right? I have a lot of faith in players like this. He's 20 years old. He's about 5'10". He's not the biggest center back in the world. But he's a terrific athlete. Okay? He's very versatile across anywhere on the back line. His left foot is, is pretty decent too, so he could play left back in a pinch. But really, he's a right center back slash right back. He's extremely consistent for a player of his age. Let me just tell you, in the Champions League, the Champions League, played six games in the Champions League this season, averaged 94% passing uh, possession 
on 81 passes per 90. He averaged over two tackles, two interceptions, and two clearances per 90. Ridiculous. For a 20-year-old that's, center That's back. good. I mean, I, I would like... That's kind of normal from a center back in terms of passing, but but 90, the, the yeah. other stat that you read there. Because because think about what kind of passes a center back makes, right? It's it's either to the right back or to the opposite center back or maybe to the number six. Right. But it's not hard to run out that to be position that set, but that's this is where this is where the eyeball test comes involved, right? Because exactly. you're like, what were those what were those press what were those passes? Were they working out of tight spots? Were they progressive mm-hmm. passes? Were they after progressive carries? And all this having watched him. He's very, very And good. knowing what, what Ajax tends to do, yeah. And this is what's crazy about him, okay? Because he's used to playing in a winning system already, which is imperative to moving on to another winning system and taking the next step up in the Champions League. This is a player who's a terrific athlete. This is a player who's a really good center back slash right back. So if you have a player who can carry the ball out of tight positions and but also be the player who's known as a ball-playing center back, well, you've struck a jackpot here. It's a shame that he's not taller, right? Mm. But I will yeah, throw the name... Small. I will throw the name Cesar Aspilicueta at you. Not the tallest center back in the world. That's true. A, one of the best leaders and captain that the Premier League has had. Right? Like he's and a one very of the most big, consistent players. The Premier and League won everything the that there's decade. ever that there is to win. Right? Yeah. He's a composed passer. He's a very good dribbler, a very good tackler and interceptor. He's very technically gifted and very athletic. I don't know how much being 5'10 is going to hold him back because he does a lot of things very, very well. And so I've pitched him to PSG in a potential rebuild. Again, it has to have the right pieces around him. But the idea there was having four players who are all extremely quick, extremely technically gifted, and just looking at them like, well, how do we beat this team? We can't play for them <laughs> because they're too intelligent and they're too fast to, to beat in it, you know, biting off the yeah. shoulder. Right? So what are you going to do to beat them? So I still think that PSG is a very, very good place for him to go. Um, I also did Chelsea because Chelsea are at danger of losing a lot of center backs in the summer. And if he's can be as a Cesar Aspilicueta type guy playing at the back side of a uh, playing at the right side of a back three, playing at right back when necessarily, and being that guy for the next several years, it'd be a pretty good player for it. Same thing with um, actually Barcelona. I thought it was an interesting shout. Okay. Now Barca will probably want to go for for cheaper ones, but in terms of quality, I think he's there because I think he can right. be versatile, and I think that's really important for Barca right now being able to play right back or play center back. I think, you know, the, the ability to offer makes right, sense. and offer something different for Chavi to say, okay, I need to play back three this game. Got him. Need to play back four this game. No problem. I can play my center back. Ah, somebody got suspended. Somebody got hurt. I need to play my right back. No problem. Got him. I think being able to be versatile and have that technical quality is, is such a strong asset for him that I think he can take that next step. Right. That's yeah, right. I, I think he's definitely going to move this summer. Yeah. Um, I'd be interested to see where too, but yeah, they those moves do make sense. Again, yeah. it'll just have to be you know based on if Chelsea can even sign anyone and yeah, and where he ends up going. So lots of yeah. things. Yeah, there's there's so Excited many factors. To see where he goes. I the last one I pitched him to is actually Bayer Leverkusen for the sole mm-hmm. reason that I currently have him there in career mode, and he's a monster. He's a complete monster <laughs> because Leverkusen have a lot of center backs. Um, Tap Soba is one of them, who's 23 years old and and quickly making a name for himself in Germany. I feel like I don't know if he'll be moved on or if he's going to stay in, in Germany for a little bit later, but he could be a replacement for that, for example, because they currently have players who, again, I know mostly from playing career mode with them and I know how they play and where their strongest attributes are in terms of, at least in terms of video games. Then when I watch them play, I'm like, no way. Like that's the same <laughs> guy, right? He's a guy who can play right center back or 
um, right back. And currently they have a gentleman by the name of, uh, his, it's like Odilion Kosunu or something like that. I believe he's, he's, very, he's, he's pretty good, but he's way too tall to be playing right back. And oftentimes he has to be deployed <laughs> there if Frimpom is injured. And I don't like that. I think he should absolutely be a center back and then bring in Urian Timber to play on that side when needed because otherwise you just have this like tall, gangly guy running up and down the pitch. Like, this guy's a center back. Please play him there because this is just not, <laughs> this isn't working out for the best for anybody. Anyway, on to the final two. And, that, and mm. with this, we're, we're, we're coming to the end of our programming here. TJW number 139. I think we've been going for over an hour now. So that's crazy. Yeah, bro. It's flown by, right? Yeah. Unbelievable. Let's do our final two and then we'll wrap it up. These players, this one, uh, one of my personal favorites because he's Portuguese, Fabio Vieira okay. at Porto. Okay. Now, Tell us about him, Nathan. Enlighten I us. will. I will. Sergio Conceição, who's the manager of, of uh, Porto. Porto. Do you remember I pitched him in a rebuild to Atletico Madrid like two years ago? Yeah, yeah, that's aging like fine wine now because Porto haven't lost a game in about that long in the domestically. They're about to that's have an, a, an invincible season. They haven't lost since like th- around this time of 2021 <laughs> domestically, right? So they have been, and I actually that's not true. It would have been earlier. It would have probably still been winter because now it's spring. It just looks like winter because it's absolutely no, it yeah. blowing a blizzard yeah, outside. Exactly. They haven't lost a league game in. They haven't lost in 56 league games. The last 56 league games that they've played, they haven't lost. Insane. Which is just absurd, right? So I'm a huge fan of this manager, and I did, I'm did. i not going to put him in this list because this is U23 talent players. This is still <laughs> a manager who, I've, who I pitched to be a successor of Simeone at Atletico Madrid. They should listen to me, by the way. Atletico Madrid, dumbest club in history. But one of his, one of his you know, a knock about him is that he often doesn't give a chance to the youth, okay? He's not okay. necessarily the guy who gives the youth the most amount of opportunity because he likes to have a, like his solid core of players who are in their prime and more well-known, right? This guy forced his way in, okay? And like you said, cream always rises to the top. Even to managers who don't necessarily want to give it that to the young talent, he's like, no, no, mm-hmm. no. Like, this guy's got something here, okay? 21-year-old Fabio Vieira is left-footed, Six goals and 13 assists in 24 matches. Only 13 starts, by the way. Okay. Plays as a second striker slash cam. He's an advanced playmaker. Okay. His okay. technical quality is fantastic. His passing range is really, really good. His ability to get out of tight spaces is fantastic. And he's a set piece specialist. Okay. Averages 2.4 key passes per 90 and has created 14 Ooh. big chances on 13 starts. Okay. This guy's crazy. This guy's crazy. Okay. And so when you have him, at times he was compared to James Rodriguez in the past. He was compared to Mesut Ozil in the past. He's an elite playmaker, but he works hard. And that's the difference. Because a lot of other players who play like number 10 don't necessarily have the, I don't want to say defensive capabilities, but more like the willingness to work in the system. They just want it to be about what it is that they can offer. He is a team player who can play, who currently can play in the base of a 4-4-2 because that's how Porto play, or as a second striker in a 4-4-2, because he plays just yeah. everywhere that's needed for him, right? He could play on either wing. So being versatile and being this like technically brilliant player is fantastic, but I think they should play to his strengths more. And Porto play mm-hmm. 4-4-2, and it's worked extremely well for them, so there's no real need for them to change it right now. 
But for him, for Fabio Vieira, I said, well, why don't we find you a team that plays with the number 10? Because if you okay. played somewhere with a number 10, well, you might be able to be one of the great number 10s in Europe. And I think he, he can be that. The clubs I pitched him to, AC Milan, Real Again. Sociedad. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, that's a show. Right? Which I think are the top two. Because okay. for AC Milan, I, they play with a 10. But at times, it's Brahim Diaz who came from the City Academy, who I never liked that much because he's, he's okay. He's decent. He's not, he's not great. Um, Frank Hesse has had to play there at times. And I'm like, Frank yeah. not a cam. You know, like he's an eight, right? Like, but having a, it's not necessarily oh, right. the same style of player, right? Having this guy as part of AC Milan's young core playing at Cam, being able to spray out wide, being able to invite pressure, being the set piece taker. There's That's a lot to like about him playing at the 10 spot. Yeah. I pitched him to the Real Sociedad because the level that they've stepped up to in recent years is actually pretty remarkable. But David Silva is still leading in the Cam spot there. Now, you won't find a bigger fan of David Silva than I, right? I love David Silva, my favorite player of all time. David Silva's like 36, 37. David Silva's not going to be there forever. And right now, he's still at the level that he can hang with the young boys, but that won't be the case forever. I think what I would like to see is Vieira be the successor to David Silva and still be able to be mentored by him, right? It's not necessarily boot out David Silva because David Silva is still one of the best players at, at no, the No, you want him to learn from him, yeah. Learn from him, right? If you are already this elite prospect, imagine getting the tutelage of like the greatest player to ever play that position, right? David Silva is the elite of the elite, but as, as good as they come when it comes to threading the needle, getting the, you know, out of tight spaces, right? Being a leader now because he's 36, 37 years old, but he leads by example. And I think that mentoring a guy like that, there isn't really that guy at Porto, right? This is a young player who's just figuring it out in the system that doesn't necessarily favor him, and he's excelling at it. Going to a system where he can excel in that position, dude, I think that'd be yeah. beyond ideal. Yeah, that's a very interesting show. I, I don't really have much to add there because I actually don't know him. So um, sure. I'd, be, I'd be interested to see that. Maybe even Real Sociedad sounds like a better move for him. Yeah. Um, so if he does end up going there. Uh, all credit to Nathan. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Big win for me. The last one, I think, if he stays at Porto, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world because, like I said, he only has 13 starts this season. I think by next season, he should be a staple in the team, like a regular starter. But yeah. at that point, with another year of development in the league and at the best team in Portugal, and I hate saying that as a Benfica fan, but, <laughs> I mean, the unbeaten in 56 games domestically is not something you have to scoff to him, at, yeah. right? If he then becomes a regular starter and plays, you know, like you know, over 30 games, starting over 30 games, I couldn't imagine what his metrics will look like. But if that's the case, then it might be another Luis Diaz situation where by January, yeah. he's like, okay, cool. I'm he's moving gone. on to something better, right? <laughs> so I feel like this summer is a good time for one of these clubs to take the chance on him so that they can reap the benefits of him excelling in the position, right? Yeah. The last one, number one on the list, is one that you have heard, I have said on the show before, you have said on the show before, a name that I just couldn't leave out because I feel like I've been pitching him into so many things over the past several years. He might be the player, the, the, the U23 player I'm most comfortable with saying is ready for the elite of the elite. Like okay. tomorrow, he could play at any club pretty much in Europe. And that is Chouamini. Yeah, 100%. Aurelien Chouamini 100% from Monaco this season. Yeah. is 100% going to move this summer, and he could move to any club that he wants. Literally, doesn't and matter. And would not club, look out of place. Nope, he can hold his own literally anywhere. This is a 22-year-old midfield destroyer 
with also fantastic on-ball capabilities, okay? He covers the entire pitch, but he's also 6'1". Like, that's stupid. Because normally, <laughs> if you have guys who cover the entire pitch, they're small. They just have limitless energy. Conte, just yeah, around. you think yeah. of N'Golo Conte. N'Golo Conte is like six inches shorter than this guy. This dude's a proper <laughs> physical monster, six foot one, with a limitless gas tank who covers the entire pitch, okay? He's a ball winner. And he has a fantastic passing range, which means when he intercepts it, he can make progressive passes and his teammates will see it and start moving right away so he can play it up to them, right? A fantastic asset to have in any top quality side. I'm serious. You can walk into any side tomorrow, okay? When needed, he can play box to box. He can be the lone six. He can be the protector on a double pivot. He can do literally whatever's asked of him at this age, okay? He's everything we thought Paul Pogba would end up being. Yeah, except he doesn't necessarily have the the same attacking capabilities, game, yeah. but he doesn't need to because that's not his game. And he's he's yeah. intelligent enough to go, I don't have to do everything. I'm not being asked to do everything. I'm not going to do everything. My job is this, and I'm going to do it really, really, really well. He's extremely intelligent, right? If you look at his positioning, he's almost always in the right place at the right time because he knows where to be and when. He's not the best ball carrier in the world because he prefers to pass it than to dribble forward. Sometimes when he dribbles is when he's I'm prone okay to make that. errors. <laughs> but why would he need to? That's not his exactly. job, right? Okay with that. So who cares? And the clubs, possible clubs for him, I've literally put elite of the elite. I put, anyway. I pitched him to to United because United would, like he's he walks in is is United's best midfielder, right? He could go to PSG where we pitched him to playing alongside Verratti and double pivot for United for PSG needing to fix like the gap yeah. in midfield quality to forward quality, balancing out the squad. A player like uh, balancing out the squad and having a player like this would be such an important asset real madrid to be the long-term successor of casemiro easily chelsea being one of the new guys in their double pivot like literally name the club he could play there any club <laughs> in, the, in in europe no absolutely and seemingly there was a rumor that he um he signed a 50 million euro deal pre-agreement with real madrid but that has since been denied by fabrizio so we have to take right. it as as fab says because yep he is the truth. He's the only one who knows. <laughs> but I'm so excited for this guy, man. Like, it would be devastating. Like, honestly, he's going to the highest bidder. And that's just yeah. what it is. Like, Monaco is is going to listen to the highest bidder and, and maybe take his feelings into consideration of where he wants to go. But anybody that will pay most for him will get this guy. And they will invariably be a better team for it. Yeah. but And the thing is, for him, is that I think he needs to go be... I don't want to say the savior because that's a lot of pressure to put on him, but he can, like, he should get first team minutes anywhere that he goes because he's good enough to get them. So I don't, I almost don't want him to go to a team like City where he could be the Fernandinho replacement because he's fantastic. I would love for him to be the Fernandinho replacement in terms of the quality of the, of the side, but I think this player is a player who deserves to be playing minutes like every week and not yeah. only just some minutes, like 90 minutes every week because he has the engine to do it. He can play every game. Actually, another toll midfielder that is definitely going to be on a move this this season is or this summer is going to be Ryan Gravenberg. He's in my honorable mentions. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think he's definitely going to be moving as well. I probably going to go to Bayern as well. <laughs> yeah. So. And that's just it. Like he apparently has that pre-agreement with Bayern for only like 30 mil, which I thought was yeah. a fantastic bit of business by them. Darwin Nunez is a hundred percent another honorable mention. But oh. again, it's somebody who I've mentioned on the show so many times before. Foreign I don't really know votes. what the distinction was between German dude. Yeah, Florian, well, he actually tore his knee, so he's actually going to be yeah. out until, like, he might not even be fit for the World Cup. No, I don't think he'll be, be moving this summer. 
but he's 100% ready for the next level. Jonathan David is ready for the next level. There's so many elite U23 players ready for the next level. I just picked a handful here that I thought would be interesting discussions to have. Oh, it's a good list. I thought it was an exciting eight, right? Yeah. Pretty good. It's definitely a good list. It's it's people, a mix of people that we've heard of, a mix of people that we haven't heard of. So it's it's, it's 100% a good list. Fantastic. I'm glad. Anything else you want to talk about before we wrap up the show? I'm good, man. Like, I think we should, um, we should do one of these for under 18s because maybe, maybe Ooh. that's another exciting one because yeah. we do know a lot of clubs that do have a lot of good under 18 talent now that yeah. we've moved on to the under 23s. Um, and yeah, a lot of these of like were a super early prediction of how their careers are going to go. It literally, honestly. And some of these, the youngest player I had was 19, but most of them, let's see, 21, 19, 23, 22, 22, 20, yeah. 21, and 22. So a lot People of them that are younger than us. Some experience, yeah. Yeah. So the players who are getting introduced to first team action and ready for the next step. And that's the whole point that I wanted to do this episode. Obviously there's tons of players who are ready to take the next step totally. amongst Europe's elite. But for these ones, I just felt like this was a really solid list and I hope you guys enjoyed. This is pretty yeah, much going to wrap 100%. up the episode, right? Episode number 139 of the Jersey wall podcast is now officially in the books. We hope you enjoyed brother and work. We find more from you. You can find me on Instagram at mina.golly98 and on Twitter. I'll follow you back if you can find me. Boom. You can follow me on Instagram at the Nathan Santos and everywhere else at MasterChef Nay, including on YouTube for special bonus clips of the podcast and on TikTok, where you can find the TJW Bites, the fastest growing hashtag in the history of the internet, now with over 96,000 views. That's insane. Crazy, bro. TJW Bites are blown up. Don't forget to follow the Jersey Wall podcast on Instagram at TJW Podcast. And don't forget to go to ElmontYouthSoccer.com and enter the promo code TJW10 at checkout. Guys, that's all we have for you today. We hope you enjoyed. Today was awesome. Brethren, thank you for joining me. Thank you for joining as well, everyone. We hope you enjoyed it. Always happy to be here, and uh, happy Easter, everyone. Happy Easter, everybody. Take care. We love you, and we'll see you next week right here on the Jersey Wall Podcast, baby. Woo!